more so the positive aspect in, in the purpose of change for us as believers and why it's necessary. So today's message, I titled it, Season of Change. A Season of Change. And, uh, you know, I believe there's some people in here today, I know this by the Holy Ghost, that there's change coming in your life. There's a shifting happening in your life. Something's going on. And you need to know how to flow with that change. Amen? In fact, maybe some of you here, the Lord's put that word in your head all week. I've had people, when I preach a message, come up to me and say, this is exactly what the Lord's been dealing with me about all week. And that's always neat when that happens. So maybe the Lord's been dealing with you about it. Maybe not. Either way, I know this is, this is from the Holy Ghost, and we need to pay attention this morning. Amen? Now, there may be uh, a few rabbit trails along the way. You know what rabbit trails are, don't you? Kind of you get off the course a little bit but, uh, as the Holy Spirit leads, but we welcome those, right? Some of those rabbit trails, some of you need to hear those rabbit trails. Amen? And the Holy Ghost knows that. So if you have your Bibles, open them up to 1 John. 1 John 3. Right before Second John, Amen. Oh, a couple caught that one. All right, boy, I've pulled that joke on you guys many times, and uh, there's always a lag in between time. All right, First John three two through three verses two through three. I'm going to read this morning, starting off. It says, "Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be." But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man or every person that has this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. This scripture points out that the purpose for change, the purpose uh, for change in the life of a Christian is to be made and become, you're becoming more like Christ. You understand that? That's the purpose of change in a nutshell. Now, as long as you and I have breath in our lungs, as long as you and I are on this earth as a Christian, you and I are in a season of change on this earth. Well, when you get to heaven, there's nothing to change, right? Because the Bible says when we see Jesus, we are going to be like him. So when we get to heaven, there's nothing to change. But as long as you and I are on this earth, there's change taking place in you and I this morning. Now, the changing process begins, of course, when you make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. See, that's the starting point of change in a person. And, uh, you know, if you've not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're stuck in sin. You're just stuck in sin. sin. You're in bondage to sin. Uh, and only the Lord Jesus Christ can pull you out of that rut. Um, and so, so the purpose of change, the change begins when you make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. And the purpose of change is to become more like Jesus in your life. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I know if I'm going to be more like Jesus, there's some changes that need to be done in me. How about you? If I'm going to be more like Christ, there's some changes that are, need to take place in me. Let me tell you a little secret. Pastors aren't perfect. Oh, look at that. Yeah, look at that. See, we have not arrived yet. Amen? They're not perfect. 
So, uh, but, you know, we as every other committed born-again Christian are pressing forward one day at a time. Take one day at a time. You know, so many people get caught up and look at, look at the big picture. Oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. They look at the big picture. Well, you know what? Take one day at a time. Micromanage, not macro. You know what I'm talking about? One step at a time. One day at a time. And uh, so a key to positive change in your life as a Christian is obviously continue to move forward. And I said it before, and I'm going to say it again. Uh, there is no standing still in the life of a Christian. You're either moving forward or you're backsliding. There's no standing still, amen? There's no staticness in the life of a Christian. Um, and by the way, both of those involve a process. You see, step by step, you're either moving forward or you're moving back. And uh, for example, let, let me just use this example um, of backsliding now. It's a step by step process. Let's just use adultery, the physical act of adultery. Uh, it just doesn't happen. You just don't wake up in bed with someone one day other than your spouse. You understand what I'm saying? It's a process that begins in the thought life, and then a whole list of bad decisions are made. Boom, now you're in that position. Now, of course, we know Jesus said you can commit adultery in your heart without the physical act. Amen? So, but I'm talking about the steps that are actually taken to get to the physical act. See, there's a whole list. It's a step-by-step -step process. And so this, step, this process can go, you can go forward or you can go back. But remember, there's no standing still. And, you know, sin, talking about sin, touching on this a little, sin is a cancer that will eat away at your spiritual life very quickly. Um, you know, see a seemingly small act that seems harmless, you know, a little lie, a little this, a little that, a little look at this magazine, a little look at this website with pornography, you know, oh, it, it just, in your own natural mind, it just seems harmless and, and all that stuff. But just like cancer grows, sin will eat away and it, eventually it'll take the spiritual life right out of you. Can you say amen to that? So sin is sin. God doesn't make a distinction inside. I, I, this is one of those rabbit trails, so stick with me this morning. Amen? Someone needs to hear it in here. I don't know. Uh, but God doesn't make a distinction in size, and we shouldn't either. God hates all sin, and we as his children, as Christians, should hate it also. Amen? Now, remember, you as a Christian, you as a Christian have the ability or the strength to overcome sin. As where uh, a sinner, an unbeliever, does not because they have that original sin stuck in them, okay? All they know how to do is sin. That's why they're called a sinner. But a Christian now has a choice. Remember I talked about this a while back? A Christian has a choice now. You're either going to go the way of the flesh or the way of, your, of the spirit. And uh, remember, the Bible says that when you're born again, your spirit man is created in righteousness and true holiness. That's what scripture says. So the real you wants to go in the right way, but there's the fleshly nature that wants to pull you apart from God, right? Now, back to change. Back to change. Change will take place in you and I, now, when we surround ourselves with people who love the Lord. Christians who can mentor you in the faith. 
You know, we all need mentors, don't we? There's too many lone rangers out there. Amen? Let me say that again. Change will take place in you and I when we surround ourselves with people who love the Lord. And that's the importance of finding a good Bible-believing church. Turn with me to Proverbs 13.20. I want to show you something here. Proverbs 13.20. So now we know that the purpose of change in the life of a Christian is to become more like Jesus. That is the purpose of change. Now, how do we do it? What are some keys to change? Now, that's where I'm kind of heading right now. Unless another rabbit trail comes along. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Proverbs 13, verse 20. It says this. He that walks with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. You know... Who you hang out with, who you associate with is going to determine your spiritual temperature. You understand that? And the apostle Paul understood the importance of this principle when he said in the word, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. Remember he said that? Follow me as I follow Christ. He understood that the people that you hang around are going to affect your spiritual condition. 1 Timothy 4.12, turn there with me. 1 Timothy 4.12, Paul, the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, listen to this, he was talking to Timothy, a young pastor. He says, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an, an example of the believers. How, Paul? How, Holy Ghost? In word, in lifestyle, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. So Paul told Timothy to be an example to the believers that he is mentoring. Uh, you know, your actions in the life of someone can change others. Your actions. It, 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 how are you at your workplace? I know Brother Wayne's been talk, talking to me, giving me testimonies of, of how he's standing up for righteousness and certain things on the workplace and, and preaching the word. And, and he's saying people are responding People are responding to that. So how are you on your workplace? You know, your lifestyle can either draw someone in closer to the Lord or it can push them away. And so the Word of God is bringing out the, the uh, importance of this topic of who you hang out with, who you associate with is going to affect your spiritual temperature. Amen? Hallelujah. So I wanted to touch on that. Next one. I'm excited to get to this next one. Change takes place in us when we dwell in the presence of God. Change takes place in us when we dwell in the presence of God. Go to 2 Corinthians 3.18. I want to show you something here. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18. Oh, the presence of God is so important in our life. Amen? 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, but we all, it's talking to believers here, this is written to believers, but we all with open face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. 
whoa, that is a rich verse. There is some deep information in that scripture. Now, I want you to know, it says that we are changed into the same image. Remember, as a Christian, the purpose of change is to be more like Jesus in life. And here it says that we are changed into the same image from glory to glory. That word changed there, I brought this up in past services, but it, it, I need to make a special note of it again here for you. There are two words in the Greek that are translated change. Uh, meta, uh, metamorpho and metaschematizo. Now this word here, the Greek word here that's translated changed is uh, the word one. No, first I've got to say this. One word in the Greek means change from the outside in. The other Greek word means change from the inside out. So depending on what Greek word you use, where does the change start? The Greek word that's used in this verse is the one meaning changed from the inside out. Now, what's the importance of this? The word glory, the word glory in this verse refers to the character and manifestation or presence of God in our lives. Let me say this again now. Remember, the word change used here means there's a change starts on the inside, works its way out. And the word glory refers to the character of God, the manifestation of God, or the presence of God in our lives. So why is this so important? Being changed from glory to glory means that in our Christian life, every time you and I have an encounter with the presence of God, we are being changed on the inside out. There is no way that you and I can come in contact with the presence of God, the anointing of God, and not be changed. And that change occurs on the inside. Remember I told you the New Testament, it's everything deals with the heart. Why? Because if your heart doesn't change, your actions will not change. Did you catch that? Now, so we're changed from glory to glory. Notice the process. It's a step by step from glory to glory. It's a step by step, day by day. And every encounter we have with the presence of God, we are being changed on the inside. There is absolutely no way that someone can come into the presence of God and not be changed. You may not, you may not notice it right away, but something happened on the inside. Now, the presence or manifestation of God can come in our prayer time, whether you're praying in understanding, praying in tongues, just spending time with him. Uh, it can come while you're reading and studying the word of God. It can come during praise and worship. When we're praising and worshiping and you're opening your heart to the Lord, lifting your hands, con you're connecting with our Heavenly Father. Amen. It's interesting to note that the, the presence of God inhabits the praises of his people. Remember where the Bible says that? So when you're praising God, it invites the presence of God. And there's a change happening on the inside. Now, so it can come by reading, studying the word, praying, praise and worship in a church service like this. When the word's being preached, how many of you know the word of God is anointed? 
Amen. The, the presence of God is upon the spoken word. Amen. And when the gifts of the Spirit are in operation. How many of you know that the, when the gifts, and spirit, uh, gifts of the Spirit are in operation, that's a manifestation of the Lord? In fact, let me tell you this. In 1 Corinthians 12 where it talks about the gifts, the gifts of the Spirit, that word gifts is not the literal translation, is not really the correct term in that scripture. The word, the more literal translation is the manifestation of the Spirit. But they put gifts in there because they're, just to clarify, we're talking about different operations of the Spirit. But it's talking about the manifestations of the Spirit. And it's interesting, in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, turn there with me. Hallelujah. I was excited to get to this part. Boy, you know, when you start talking about the presence of God, the anointing of God, ooh, it just increases in the place. Amen? Go to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. Look at what it says here. It says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all or to profit all. In other words, when the Holy Spirit manifests himself, it's going to profit you. Why? Because you're being changed from glory to glory, step by step, day by day. When you have an encounter with the Lord and you're drawing nigh to him, he's drawing nigh to you. And there is a change taking place. That's why it says, when the, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to profit every man, every person. Because when the Holy Ghost shows up, it can't help but change you. You have a true encounter with the Holy Ghost, it's going to change you. Now, uh, that, by the way, is the importance of being connected to a good spirit-filled church where the gifts of the Spirit are allowed to operate. Because it says it profits you. Uh, what does the word profit mean? It means you're going to get back more than what you put into it. You're going to come out with more. And that's the importance of, of being associated with a fellowship that's going to allow the gifts of the Spirit to operate. How, how many of you know when you heard a word of prophecy come forth in a church service or, or someone even just came up to you and said, you know, the Lord's put this upon my heart to, talk, to give this word to you. How many of you know it built you up? Amen. It was the exact word that you needed to hear at that exact time. And that's why it profited you. That word could have given you strength to carry on. I've heard many testimonies where there were Christians who uh, were on their last leg. They're in bondage and, and in, in a situation. And they said, hey, you know, if, if someone didn't come and give me this word, I was ready to go and commit suicide. I've heard many testimonies. And the Holy Ghost always sent an individual to that uh, send a person to that individual to give them a word in due season. Remember the word says that, in due season. Friends, we're in a season of change. As long as you're on this earth, you're changing. That's why don't get so caught up. You think that, oh, there's things in my life that I'm never going to be able to overcome. These emotional issues, these problems, I'm never going to overcome them. Oh, no, no. You're in a season of change. As long as you're on this earth, you're in a season of change. It doesn't have to stay the same. Now, you have a part in the matter. What are you doing 
and these are the steps I'm giving you. Get into the presence of God. Hang around people that love the Lord, who can mentor you, who will build you up, not tear you down spiritually. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, uh, when, we, uh, when we encounter the presence of God, it shines the light on uh, and reveals the imperfections in us so we can initiate a change in our life. How many of you know we can be so blinded by our own imperfections? We can just go on and on and, you know, finally someone, maybe your spouse says, honey, you really need to work on this area. And you're like, what are you talking about? You didn't even notice it. But, but the Lord had your spouse bring it up to you. And when you encounter the, the presence of God, remember Saul on the road to Damascus? He was riding along, and the glory of God, Jesus, appeared to him on the road to Damascus. He's seen his imperfections. Uh, and, and other individuals, Isaiah, in, in the book of Isaiah, when Isaiah encountered, now this is a prophet of God, Isaiah, holy prophet of God, even used to write the Bible. He said, when, when he said, in the, the presence of the Lord filled the temple, and, and it goes on to talk about that. And then he goes on to say, Lord, woe, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. Remember that? I believe it's like Isaiah chapter 6. And he was a holy prophet of God who was used to write the Bible. Yet when the presence of God shined on him, he said, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. Remember when Jesus appeared, to, or when Jesus uh, talked to Peter, Peter, push me out, launch me out here so I can teach the people. Peter got convicted by just Jesus being in his presence. Remember that? So, Lord, you know, I'm a sinful man. And that's what happens. So when you're in the presence of God, when you're in praise and worship, when you're studying, don't, don't have a wall up. Examine your heart. Let the Lord deal with you because he's showing you those things so you can make a change in your life. Don't just keep going the way you're going. See? Because we're being changed from glory to glory. Every encounter you have with the Lord is going to change you if you let it. Amen? Something's happening, but the amount of change that takes place is really kind of dependent upon us. Are you going to make those changes or aren't you? Amen? Now, um, so it's no wonder the presence of God, the manifestation of God is given to profit with all or to profit all. That verse that says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty to make changes, <laughs> to make changes. Now, uh, so you could also infer then where the spirit of the Lord is not present, there's bondage, right? You're just going to be stuck in the same rut. You're going to just going to be stuck in the same rut, but it's the Holy Spirit that comes along when he shines the light on us. Boy, boy, it really shows us our imperfections and the changes that need to be made. Amen? Hallelujah. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Hallelujah. That's why I want this church to be a church that, uh, that allows the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do. I understand that's the only thing that's going to change lives, is allowing him to do his work. 
Um, go to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. And I'm going to be looking at verses 3 through 9. So don't put a wall up. Don't get offended. You know, if someone comes up to you and says something, you know, you're being a little harsh here or you're doing this. You know, don't put the wall up. Maybe God's sending that individual to you to shine the light on that thing. I know. Sometimes when a, our spouse says something to us, well, it cuts to the heart, doesn't it? Say, oh, you go, knock it off. You know, don't, don't tell me that. And then you walk away and you're like, Lord, was that from you? <laughs> right? Iron sharpens iron, the Bible says, right? We sharpen each other. Hallelujah. Sometimes the rebuke can come in different ways. Sometimes it can come just from the Holy Ghost when we're doing, you know, in the presence of the Lord. Sometimes the Lord sends someone in our path. Either way, be open. Be open to change. Amen? Because we're in a season of change. Now, 1 Peter 1, 3 through 9. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Verse 6. Wherein you rejoice, uh, greatly rejoice, though now, come on, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold trials or temptations, it says in my Bible. Set, verse 7, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Whom having not seen, you love, and whom though you have not, though you have seen him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Now, uh, I want you. It talks about in here. It talks about gold. It says that the trial of your faith is much more precious than gold. Now, I want to just clarify right now. The trials they're talking about is talking about uh, persecution for Christ. Okay, don't come to me and say that cancer is a trial from God. It's a trial, but it's not from God. You understand what I'm saying? Our Heavenly Father don't play with the devil's stuff. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, uh, it's talking about persecution and, and, and different trials like that. Um, and it talks about gold here being tried in the fire. It says the trial of your faith is more precious than gold that perishes. It's interesting, a raw piece of gold, have you ever seen a raw piece of gold right when it's mined? It's actually kind of ugly. It's dull. It, it looks brown and dirt, dirty kind of, you know. Uh, it's, it's very dull. But what the process that makes it shiny, they put it in fire. They heat it up, they put it in fire, and that fire causes the imperfections to fall away, which turns it into that shiny piece of gold. And the point I'm getting at is, when we're going through a trial, when we choose to suffer for Christ, for the name of Christ, there's a, we're in the fire at that point, and our faith is being tried. And when you come out victorious from each trial, 
there's a there's a uh, a burning of the imperfections. You trust me, when you're going through a trial, you're making changes in your life. How many of you know that? You're making changes in your life. Um, let me see. There's something else here I wanted to bring up. And verse six says, "Wherein you greatly rejoice." Though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold trials. It says here, for a season. Friends, the trial you're going through now will not last forever. It says for a season. And I don't know about you, but seasons change. Thank God. I can't wait for spring to get here. Amen. Seasons will always change until Jesus comes back. There's not always going to be snow on the ground. Seasons change. Even though it might seem like a long winter in your life when you're going through that trial, the season will change. You just know that. It refers to it as a season. Thank God for that. Amen? So don't think, and it even says here, yeah, when you're going through that thing, there can be a heaviness on you. So maybe you have some heaviness because of a trial you're going through. And you think you can't see the end of the tunnel. But let me tell you, the seasons will change. We are in a season of change. That thing you're going through right now, it's not going to last forever. And here it says, great, you, you can greatly rejoice. Why? Because you're coming out of it. And you're going to come out of it better than when you first went into it. Because you're being tried. You're being tried. And you're in the fire you're being purified. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, uh, another part of the changing process is what is called progressive revelation. Progressive revelation. Now, I talked about, uh, I, I preached a sermon a few weeks back uh, called Inspired by Revelation. So, this is kind of a spinoff, and I'm tying what this means into change, what it means with change. Um, progressive revelation, now, simply means to continue to move forward, hence to progress or progress in your relationship with the Lord, and more truth from the Word of God will be revealed or illuminated to you as you continue to move forward. Uh, I don't know about you, but when I first became a Christian, I was not a theology major. Can anyone attest to that to your own life? Come on now. It was maybe some of us in here, when you first got born again, you'd like to thank you were, but you're not. You know what I'm talking about? Newly Christians, boy, they're blessed. Their hearts are on fire for the Lord. They think they know everything, but they don't. And uh, so, but every day I would learn more and more from the word. And what I would learn from the word would change my thinking, would change my belief system. And that's what I mean by progressive revelation. Day by day, you're learning more about the Lord. Day by day, your intimacy with him is growing. Progressive revelation. Um, let me see here. Oh, you know, how about a, Christ, uh, a Christian? They've been a Christian for a while. They maybe gotten born again, you know, at a, at a church that doesn't believe in tongues or the gifts of the Spirit. And they're at that church maybe for 20 years. And then one day, you know, they, they came in contact with an individual or they were reading the Word and, and, or the Scripture just jumped out at them that, hey, tongues is for today. Or the gifts of the Spirit are still in operation. The Holy Ghost reveals that to them. 
progressive revelation. They started at one point, and day by day, they're, get, they're getting more information. It's progressive. Amen? So don't kick yourself when you don't have all the answers to everything, spiritually speaking. Come on. I don't have the answers to everything. Past other pastors and ministers, we don't have the answers to everything. This is a learning process. Amen? It's a progressive process, day by day, step by step. So don't be kicking yourself. Just start where you're at and keep moving forward. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, go to 2 Peter uh, 1, 2. Uh, I'm sorry, 2 Peter 1, uh, verse 12. 12. Uh, so many people, this is what happens. They, they get into the, they get born again, they're on fire, they start reading the word, and they start finding out, whoa, there's a lot of information here that I don't even know yet. And so they get so overwhelmed with all of the information uh, that they, they, then they draw back. They say, you know what? I'm never going to attain to this. I'm never going to learn all there is to know. No, no, no. Keep going. You're doing exactly what the devil wants you to do, to draw away from the scripture. Amen? So uh, don't get overwhelmed. Just realize the Holy Ghost is there helping you day by day, step by step. You're learning from glory to glory, to glory, to glory, right? You think the Holy Ghost is going to give up on you? Do you think because your own natural mind gets overwhelmed with all the information, do you think the Holy Ghost is going to say, but this person just doesn't have what it takes? No, of course not. He's patient with you. He's teaching you every day. And if he wants you to know something before you get to it, he's going to reveal it to you before you would get to it. You understand what I'm saying? So, part of the changing process is progressive revelation or illumination. Uh, 2 Peter 1.12. It says, Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. Uh, Peter, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, just was naming a whole bunch of things, like adding diligence to your faith, virtue, knowledge, okay? That's the context. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. Though you now know them and be established in the present truth. Now, what jumped out at me when I read that was present truth. You know, in this room right now, there are varying degrees of knowledge about the word. Some of you know more than others. Some of you know less than others. You know what I'm talking about? But uh, as the days go on, you are going to grow in knowledge. And so where you're at right now, is called the present truth. That's what you know right now today. But let me tell you this, you're going to know more next year than you do right now. Right? So don't get overwhelmed. Take it day by day. The Holy Spirit is the perfect teacher. He's called the one called alongside to help. Amen? So don't get down on yourself. Where you're at right now is called... That's called your, the present truth. That's what you know at this point. And that's why you come to church, to learn more. day by Every Sunday, Wednesday, every day in your personal study, you're learning more and more. Um, let's see here. Uh, it makes me, you know, the uh, spiritual life, the spiritual life of a Christian is compared to our physical life. A new Christian is referred to as a babe in Christ or a baby in Christ. Remember where 
where Paul talked about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. A little baby doesn't become an adult in two weeks, right? So why are you expecting to go from a baby Christian to a full-grown glorified saint in two weeks? You know what I'm talking about? Or knowing everything, I mean. So now uh, go to... Uh, Go to 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 2. I want to show you something there. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Verses 1 and 2. Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, said, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes or babies in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. You see, Paul couldn't teach some of the Corinthians the meat of the word until they comprehended the basics. I want you to notice the progression. You're not, there's some things the Holy Ghost won't reveal to you. As a matter of fact, there's some things that you aren't supposed to know if you're a baby in Christ because it could cause you to choke on the meat because you haven't even taken in the milk yet. You understand what I'm saying? It could cause you to stumble. The, the, you know, the best way I can think, of about, think about this is progressive revelation is like a puzzle. It's like taking a puzzle of a million pieces and throwing it on the ground. And step by step, there's a piece that they're being put together. And you know what? By the time you go up and see Jesus, you're going to be who, who he is, and you're going to see the whole picture of what the Holy Ghost was trying to put together in your life. Does that make sense to you? It's a puzzle. Day by day, putting it together. And the picture is not going to be complete until you see Jesus. So I hope that takes away the anxiety that some of you have, thinking you've got to know it all. You don't. You don't have to know it all. Amen? It'd be nice, but you don't have to. <laughs> the Holy Ghost is dealing with us and working on us. Hallelujah. So you notice the progression. He wouldn't give them meat or the deep things of the word because they haven't even mastered the basics yet. Um, now, go to Hebrews 5. This is real interesting. Hebrews chapter 5. I love the word of God. Glory. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. And I'm going to go through Hebrews 6, 3. I want to show you something here. This ties into exactly what 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 2 was talking about. It says, For when the time you ought to be teachers... You, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles or basics of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a baby. But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use of their senses has, have exercised to discern both good and evil. Now look at verse six or chapter six. Now this is a key right here. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ or the basics, let us go on to perfection or toward completion. Remember, where the purpose of change is to become like Christ, 
That's going to be our completeness when we see Christ and be like him. Let us go on to perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and faith toward God of the doctrine of baptisms. Notice that's plural. There's more than one baptism. And the laying on of hands and of the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. Listen, look at verse 3. This is powerful. And this will we do if God permit. Now this is talking about... If you, God is so concerned about you and I being skilled in the basics of the word, it says here that we can only move on or continue to move forward if God will permit us to. In other words, you're not moving forward until you pass this test first of the basics in the word. Did you catch that? And it lists what those basics are. So it might do you some good on your own personal time. Write out what these basics are and study each one. So maybe some of you are stuck in the same spot. Maybe you've been a Christian for 20-something years and you're still stuck at the basics. Well, write these down and study these basics. It says once you have these known or once you know the basics, it says God's going to permit us to continue to move forward. It's getting quiet in here. <laughs> But now you can see, you can see the progression there. And uh, so it's so important for us to take hold of the basics. Because listen to me, if you, if you're, if you can't even right now take hold on the basics, if I try to give you some, some deep revelation from the word, you're going to trip on it. You're going to choke on it. You're not even going to understand it because you need the basics to connect the dots. That's what God is talking about there. So don't, you know, hey, it's like homeschooling. You're going at your own pace. And each individual is different. If someone has been saved the same amount of time as you and they're higher than you, does that make you less important to God? No, absolutely not. You're going at your own pace. But we need to do our part now. Be studying the word of God on your own. Amen? And this will we do, move forward, if God permits. Meaning, we need to know the basics. So we can put that puzzle together fully. And we're not going to be missing any pieces in the puzzle. Romans 8, 14. Hallelujah. Romans 8, 14. I'll let you guys get there a minute. Well, I'm looking forward to going down to Tulsa this week. Oh, it's going to be good. Hallelujah. Just wish it was a little warmer. <laughs> a couple weeks ago, it was 74 down there. Now I looked out there, it was 34. But toward the week on there, it's supposed to be getting back up in the mid-50s to low-60s. So praise God. Be praying. Praying for me. All right. <laughs> Romans 8, 14. Listen to this. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. If you are a Christian who is led by the Holy Spirit and not by your flesh, he'll take you to the Word. Uh, you see, the Holy Spirit, I mentioned this before, but it's, you need to know it. The Holy Spirit will not work apart from the Word of God. 
The, if you know something, how do you know if something's the Holy Spirit? If from the Holy Spirit, it'll always bring you to the Word. It'll always be in line with the Word. Uh, and uh, if you cooperate with the Holy Spirit, like I said, He's your helper, the one called alongside to help, you will change on a daily basis. If you're truly every day and you want to be led by the Holy Spirit and you're cooperating with the Holy Spirit, you're going to be changed day by day. And, uh, you know, sometimes, like I said, I want to say it again, sometimes the changes are so small in us that we don't even recognize it. It's kind of like, like this, what I thought about when I wrote that down. It's like a, a little baby, like my little baby Brooke or Mayadia. Uh, she, you know, every day their features are changing. But us as parents, we might not notice it every day. You know what I'm saying? Because you're with them every day. But someone maybe who hasn't seen them in a while, they come and see the kid and they're like, whoa, they look totally different. And you're like, what are you talking about? See, the changes happen little by little every day. They're happening. You might not recognize it, but something is taking place. Amen? And it's the same, like I say, the spiritual sense. But I just want to just admonish you and let you know the place that you are at in your spiritual life today will be different next year. If you're progressing, as you're moving forward with God, just as the seasons change, you and I are being changed from glory to glory. Let's stand in this place this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that we don't have to have all the answers. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that we don't have to be overwhelmed. Father, you didn't call us to be overwhelmed. You didn't call us to be taken by anxiety over these things. But, Father, you are a good teacher. You are a patient teacher. Hallelujah. Father, I pray for every individual in this place. I pray that each and every day, Father God, that you'll take them on that journey to put that puzzle together. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now, there may be someone in this place who's stuck in that rut of sin because maybe you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. Like I said, the starting point, the starting point for change is Jesus. If you want to make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life today, I want you to come down to this altar and I want to pray with you to receive him as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you're a backslidden Christian, you know you've fallen away, and today you want to make it right. You want that new, new beginning, new start with the Lord. If that's you, I want you to come down. I want to pray with you to rededicate your life. If you've never received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the purpose is to be a powerful witness for Jesus. Now that's the purpose, but I'll tell you some of the benefits that come along with it. It will propel you into spiritual maturity quicker than if you don't have the baptism in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen? I'll tell you that. If you've never received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I want you to come down to this altar and I want to pray with you to receive Him. To receive power. To re be a powerful witness for Jesus. Hallelujah. Maybe you need a physical healing in your body. Maybe you need emotional healing. Maybe there's a situation in your life and you need strength. You just need the prayer of agreement. I want you to come down to this altar and I want to pray with you. I want you to be, for those of you who don't have any of those, those things, 
In your seat, I want you just to seek the Lord on your own. Tell him you're in this for the long haul, that you're not going to be overwhelmed, but you're going to move forward with him in Jesus' name. inhabits the praises of his people. He inhabits and when he comes, change comes.
Someone needed to know that that trial is not going to be lasting forever. Hallelujah. There's a change. Hallelujah. There's a change coming.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father. There's a stirring going on. A stirring going on during that song. Thank you, Father. Yes. Thank you, Lord. I, I see like garments just being uh, coming down upon those people, like, like strength. It's they're being girded with strength. Hallelujah! Thank you, Father, for what you're doing. Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your anointing that destroys every yoke, every bondage, every stronghold. For where your Spirit is, there is liberty. Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord. Father, may your people go out and cause havoc for the devil's kingdom. Havoc on the devil's kingdom. Hallelujah. As they proclaim your word, as they wield their swords in the kingdom of God, toward the kingdom of darkness. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Woo. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. All right. Um, let me see. Was there anything else I needed to tell you here? I thought there was. Well, I'm going to miss you all. Uh, there's still Wednesday service. That's what I want to say. Wednesday's still going on. Uh, Brother Wayne's going to be leading leading Wednesday night. Sunday, uh, Tom Villapando's going to be bringing the word forth. And... Uh, uh, we're just going to go get rekindle, refire, well, add to the fire, Brother Scott said. That's probably more accurate. And uh, if you guys need anything, call, just call the church, uh, leave a message. I'll still check messages, even down in Tornado Alley there. Amen. So uh, God bless you all. We'll miss you and go spark revival out there. Amen. God bless you.